Hey, Cinefans. It is your resident wrestler, yes, sir, Justin Taylor here of Cinema Slayers. And I am here today to do another great episode of Solo Slayers. And I'm going to be talking about two movies I saw recently. Um, unfortunately, my colleagues like normal just weren't able to see these two movies. But we wanted to make sure that they both got some representation on the podcast. So I am going to be talking about Just Mercy and Bad Boys for Life. So our format for Cinema Slayers has changed, which means that the format for Solo Slayers has also changed. So first, I'm going to be talking about Just Mercy, and I'll just give some spoiler-free impressions that I have of the film uh, to start off, and then I'll warn that there's going to be spoilers, and then I will talk about just some things I liked about the story, didn't like, etc., etc., in my spoiler section. Then I will repeat the process for Bad Boys for Life. It'll be non-spoiler first, and then we'll do spoiler uh impressions implications afterward so with that being said let's get this party started okay so first we're going to be talking about just mercy directed by destin daniel Cretton. Cretan, Cretan. hopefully i'm saying that correctly but destin daniel Cretton. um and, and this was in my opinion a very good film, uh, probably easily one of the better films going into 2020 right now. I think that this is one of the better movies that's available at the movie theater. Um, all of the performances here, Michael B. Jordan is excellent in this film. Jamie Foxx, Rob Morgan um, are some of the standouts in this. But you had some great supporting work too from people like Brie Larson and Tim Blake Nelson. And long story short, this film um, is a is about a, a guy, Brian Stevenson. He graduated from Harvard and he has become an attorney, but he wants to give back. He heads to Alabama and he wants to help out people who he feels have been wrongfully accused of crimes and different things like that and are on death row. And he's trying to make sure that these inmates on death row get proper representation. Um, one of his first cases is a guy named Walter McMillan, who's played by Jamie Foxx. And this story is really about these two people coming together. Um, Walter McMillan is a man who is innocent, but he is on death row for a crime that he didn't commit. This uh, young white girl was murdered and this crime was pinned on him. And this is um, a film that is set in the early 1970s. And it looks like McMillan was sentenced to die in 1987. So that's kind of a brief synopsis of this movie. This is about the ups and downs, the trials, literally, and the tribulations that Brian had to go through um, in order to exonerate Walter McMillan. And it also um, encompasses more than that, too, because even though that is the crux of this film and this story, this story is really about the death penalty as well. Um, br the, the, the Walter McMillan case, which is our main case starring Jamie Foxx, is not the only case that we are introduced and get to see Brian Stevenson try to delegate uh, while he's in Alabama. Um, Rob Morgan 
plays an interested character too, uh, named Herbert in this film. And this is another um, interesting person in this film. And of, and of course, all of this is based on true events. So these are people that actually existed and lived. But this Herbert character, played by Rob Morgan, brilliantly, by the way, is a man who was a war veteran who suffers from post-traumatic stress and, any, and things like that. And, of course, he didn't get the proper help that he needed once he returned back to the States from the war. And on top of that, he, he suffers from all of these emotional outbreaks and things like that. And this led to him actually setting a bomb, thinking that he was in war times. He sets a bomb and it, and it actually kills this young girl. And these aren't spoilers. This is just kind of giving you a synopsis of this character. But what's so interesting about this character is that the film um, really does a good job of not only telling the, the story of McMillan, but also telling the story of Herbert and how this goes into play. And, and, the, and, it, and it really kind of presents some great questions out there about death row, about death sentencing, about the fact that some of these people on death row never got the proper representation and and from lawyers that they needed, about the fact that these people um, didn't, uh, if, they, if you don't get the proper representation, then should you really be on death row? It also raises some interesting questions about the fact that does your life still have value and is the death penalty really justice when you really look at all of these other factors involved? So bravo to this film for not only just really being about one story, but really bringing some of these issues that are very controversial issues even discussed today in this country to the forefront. The film had a lot of bravery to do that and it had a message that it wanted to deliver and I really applaud the film for doing that. And another thing that I really liked about this film is that it really does just encapsulate how difficult of an undertaking that freeing Mr. McMillan was. I mean everything that 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 um that um our main character Brian had to go through in order to do this. Everything from racism to to really illegal search and procedures from uh, everything to the court case and having the physical evidence, but cops intimidate, intimidating witnesses. And I mean, just about everything you could think of happens on this journey. And I mean, this is just really one of those movies where by the time the movie comes to the end, Everything feels earned and it really gives an uplifting message, but it also is a call to action to that, that we need to look at some of the policies that we have on the table. So I really think that this is one of the most important and most meaningful films that has come out in 2020 so far. And yeah, I understand that we're in February right now, but, but I really think that this is one of those movies that really should be seen by many people. It really, I thought, was fantastic, great performances, and it's got a meaningful message at the end, a message that will invoke conversation, and a message that really will get you thinking about some of our policies when it comes to the death penalty. So for all of those reasons, I can really give this film a big thumbs up. We're going to give Just Mercy 85 
crippling, terrifying, yet thought-provoking walks um, down to death row to get in the electric chair out of 100. This really was, I thought, one of the uh, better movies to come out in all of January. And we are starting 2020 off right because this is definitely one of the better movies thus far. Now, with that being said, just to talk about some of the spoiler talk in this, um, I just wanted to tout uh, specifically just some other performances. Uh, Jamie Foxx, um, of course, I said he was great in this without giving any spoilers, but man, Jamie Foxx as Walter McMillan is just really great here. I mean, everything from um, the the moments of sorrow, the moments of hardship, how hardened he has become because he's seen, it seems like a billion lawyers and they've all just had the same news and they were all, and it was always something bad. And he always got represent, legal representation that maybe felt like they were pretending to help him, but really didn't see his case through and really didn't have hope that he was innocent in all of this. So I really loved this performance of this man who had been hardened by the cards that he had been dealt. And it was tough for Brian Stevenson to really develop a rapport with him and a trust with him. And so by the time that Brian Stevenson does earn his trust in the film, it feels earned. It feels like they went on a journey together. And I just really appreciated that. Um, and, and I talked about Rob Morgan a little bit, but Tim Blake Nelson was another person that I really uh, loved in this movie. And he plays Ralph in this movie. And Ralph is an interesting character in this. He's one of the keys to um, to Brian proving McMillan's innocence. And and Ralph in this film was an inmate who was coerced by police into saying that he was a witness at the at the alleged crime that McMillan committed and that he saw McMillan commit murder to this white woman. And of course, this was something where the police had struck a deal with him. Uh, this this was something that uh, that that um, that uh, th that the police had coerced this man into doing. So I really feel like uh, this character was somebody who it took time for him to come around. It took time for him to uh, to 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 really be convinced uh, about giving the proper truth and about giving the right testimony. And again, it's just one of those journeys in this film where it really feels earned. And when Tim Blake Nelson is playing this character and he's giving his reasons for why he is the way he is, and he's got a, a, a face that had been mulched and uh, destroyed while he was in war as well, and beatings, and, 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 and his face um, also was a result of domestic violence. He um, actually was a, a victim because um, uh, his mother and, and or his, or was it his father? I want to say it was his mother uh, actually put his face in hot water. So he's got these burns on his face and it's like these scars that, 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 that um, he's had to live with for a long time. And of course, nobody in society thinks anything of him. And he's a guy that's been just really 
scrounging um, in order to make it. And so when the, the these white police officers tell him, hey, you're a white inmate, you know, if you we, we can we'll strike a deal with you. We won't give you as many as much time if you do this for us. He does it. But through this ordeal and through Brian Stevenson reaching out to him and through those performances and Brian contacting him directly, going to visit him in prison and really appealing to the human part of this person. Brian Stevenson is able to turn this around. This guy is a does give a truthful testimony. And those are really some of the building blocks that led to uh, Jamie Foxx's uh, persona in this Walter McMillan getting his freedom. So I can't say enough about those scenes with Michael B. Jordan and Tim Blake Nelson. They really just did a great job encompassing what it must have taken in order for this to happen. And all the other scenes too, the court case scenes, um, have a lot of tension and drama in them. And I mean, the, and, and, and Brian Stevenson and Walter McMillan, I mean, they just go through so much uh, in order to get this conviction lifted. Like, I mean, there are times where Brian Stevenson was strip searched just to go see Walter McMillan in jail. There's bullying and intimidation by other police officers. There's um, e even when he thought he had witnesses together and witnesses that could testify that Walter McMillan was nowhere near the store where this woman got murdered and things like that. Uh, it, witnesses are arrested and intimidated uh, uh, um, and, and therefore, um, it, it just felt like time after time, Brian Stevenson was just starting from square one with this story and starting and having to start over again and go back to the drawing board. He would have these witnesses. He would have these things lined up. And then all of a sudden, some opposition would happen or white cops would happen or racism would happen. And it would keep him from doing this. So as I said in my spoiler free impressions, man, by the time we get to the end of this film and Walter McMillan is eventually exonerated. He is found, he is acquitted of those crimes and found innocent in the end. By the time you get to that scene, you just take a deep breath and you're so elated and happy that this was able to happen because it just seemed like it wouldn't time after time. And it even got to the point to where I was even starting to go, is this going to be one of those sad stories where the guy uh, doesn't make it, where the guy isn't found innocent, but we learned some sort of hard lesson about the day's justice system. I mean, it got to the point, it got so dismal at one point that I really thought that maybe this was headed towards a sad ending. And then, of course, it's based on true events. So you just and I hadn't heard this story or read about this story. So I just wasn't sure where this was going. But man, they really did pour on the dire straits with Brian Stevenson and Walter McMillan. So I was very, very happy with this film. It is, it does take you on an emotional roller coaster. And like I said, it really does raise questions about the validity of the death penalty in this. At the end of the film, there are these stats that the film gives you talking about every one in 10 convictions or I'm sorry, every one in uh, uh, five or six convictions 
uh, of people that are sentenced to death, one of those people is innocent. I mean, that is a horrifying stat. That That, that is a stat that is really awful, you know, that uh, for that, for every uh, so often of people that we're executing, one of them is innocent. That's just, th that is not a low enough stat. I mean, that that is, I mean, one out of every four or five. I mean, that is a pretty harrowing stat. And it just, and then the film just raises those questions with you and really makes you think about, should we as a society be in support of this whole death penalty thing. And then there was an interesting line in the film that I just had to quote here, but Brian Stevenson is talking to our Rob Morgan character, Herbert, and they're having a conversation and Herbert is relaying to him, look, I, I deserve this. I, and he's, and he's someone who we actually see take the walk um, and he does get executed in this film and we have to see that and we get uh, a really heartfelt scene with Michael B. Jordan where he witnesses this and he's so hurt that he wasn't able to do anything more for this guy. So this is one of those cases where Brian Stevenson doesn't win and this does happen along the film. But earlier in the film, these two characters are conversing. And Brian is asking Herbert, you know, uh, Herbert is telling him, um, actually, hey, man, you know, I deserve this. I did kill that girl. I set off that bomb and I do deserve to die. I killed that girl. And so I deserve this. And Brian Stevenson says something. He says, well, that may have happened. And yes, you may have killed that girl, but your life still has value and it's still doesn't give the right for people to kill you. That's not really justice. And your life still has value. And that was such an interesting thing. And it does raise an interesting question about the fact that if you kill someone, you know, if you are guilt and you are guilty of that, not you're innocent, but you know, you haven't been proven, not any of that stuff, or it's questionable and nobody knows, but let's just say you do kill someone and you are guilty. Does that life still have value? Does killing someone, is it truly justice when we just go ahead and kill the person who did something. So this really just tugs on the heartstrings and gives you these scenarios like this person who killed someone, but he suffered from PTSD and didn't have proper representation and different things like that. It presents some scenarios where you walk out of the theater and it really makes you think, man, maybe not everybody does deserve this. Maybe nobody really deserves this. Do people who kill deserve a chance to rehabilitate as well? It really does really make the viewer look inside themselves and really ask yourself these questions. So, and regardless of what side that you fall on that, this movie is definitely worth the watch to 
really take in the issues that you see on screen and this deserves a conversation afterwards with other people so for those reasons I just have to say bravo I thought that this film was great uh, to quickly talk about some dislikes of the film uh, I do think that there are some parts where I wouldn't say the film drags but there are parts that are just less interesting than other parts um, you know, sometimes we are in uh, his office and sometimes there are just these scenes where we're shuffling papers or we're doing research or something like that. And I get that they were maybe trying to depict that. Uh, Michael B. Jordan's character Brian was doing the hard work he was doing the groundwork he's looking at his documents and studying and different things like that and some of those scenes were interesting but I just think that some of some you know that that added to the length of the film and maybe some of that could have been cut or some of that could have been exposited during a conversation with somebody else or different things like that so there are scenes that just don't seem as strong because the film was trying to kind of maybe show us some of the legal things that Brian was going through and some of it though wasn't it wasn't as just intriguing as some of the other stuff in the film so whenever those scenes do come up and those conversations are happening I just wanted to go back to the jail to see Herbert what, what Herbert and McMillan were doing or I just wanted to see Brian Stevenson hitting the streets out on the road talking to witnesses and different things like that and there are and at the end of the film when we're at the final court case, there are all these witnesses that are presented in court that we didn't get to see. There's a man who talks about how he was going to testify, but when they found out he was going to testify, he was fired. And it was a white guy who was up there on the stand testifying and saying, man, I was going to testify that I was actually there, but um, I was told that I would be fired from my job and all of this stuff like that. And eventually I just decided, you know what? I don't need a job if it means I'm going to lie about someone or not really expose the truth. So that was an interesting guy. I wish we could have got more of that guy or some of these other witnesses. So I guess I'm saying all that to say if we didn't have so many scenes of shuffling through legal papers and looking at different documents and things like that, maybe we could have got some of these other interesting witnesses in there or maybe we could have had some more interesting conversations. But that would probably be about the only complaint I really have. I really think that this film is solid. It has a great message. And I definitely think that this is a film that you should check out. Don't miss Just Mercy in theaters. Okay bad boys for life so here goes some non-spoiler impressions for this film uh bad boys for life is directed by and i hope i don't butcher these names adil el arbi and Bilal falah so those are the two directors that tackled um this film uh this film of course stars will smith as detective mike lowry and of course, uh, Martin Lawrence as uh, Marcus. Um, man, and, and and the interesting thing about this is that 
Um, I, I'd be lying if I said I was excited for this movie whenever I saw the previews of it. I honestly did not expect much from this. Um, I, I loved the first Bad Boys film. I really thought that it, it was good. And seeing Martin Lawrence and Will Smith on the screen for the first time, they just have such a great chemistry and it was funny and it was cool and there were tons of explosions. And, you know, back then in the uh, early 90s, the, the, that was all the rage. And that was kind of something that you could get away with. Bad Boys 2... Not so much. I think that Bad Boys 2 was just too much Michael Bay directing to the max. Explosions here and explosions there. The big, just inconceivable, crazy highway chase scene with everything in sight just blowing up. And they leveled almost a city block. And then at the end of it, they go to Cuba and they're just randomly uh, have to go to Cuba and they just go, go jump out of an airplane. And I mean, it was just the most outlandish. It was such, it was so outlandish and it was just so crazy and it didn't really do anything to really develop the characters or give them character growth and it just felt like the the formula had been a little dated. Now, granted, Bad Boys 2 does have some solid moments in it, but honestly, it was definitely a step down from the first Bad Boys. So going into Bad Boys 3, I'm not going to lie to you. When I first saw the previews, um, you know, I chuckled a bit. I laughed a bit at some of the jokes and things like that. And it was just cool seeing Martin and Will on the screen because it had just been so long since Bad Boys 2. But I'm not going to lie. I was sitting there going, man, this is just going to be one of those January cash grabs. I'm not really expecting much from this. I mean, this movie, if it's anything like Bad Boys 2, it is not going to be good. So, uh, you know, I went in with sort of tempered expectations whenever I watched this film. But I am surprised and really happy to report that this is good. I mean, this is leaps and bounds better than Bad Boys Part 2. Um, I really enjoyed this movie. It's funny. It's adventurous. They introduced some new characters that were interesting and actually cool and really added an element to this Bad Boys story that it really needed. And the storyline is, even though there are some outlandish and just kind of crazy parts in it, the, the, the storyline is personal. It, it really involves um, one of the past of our heroes. And it all comes full circle with some stuff that this guy, that, that, um, that one of our heroes does in the past. And the way that it all comes together, the fact that it's personal made it feel, made the situation feel more dire. It felt a little more important. And when it's done telling its story and you figure out all the pieces, there's some interesting plot twist in this movie. And um, and on top of that, it ends in exciting uh, bad boys fashion. And... Um, and it also leaves the door open for there to be even more sequels. And I'm here to tell you, I walked in thinking that maybe this was the last Bad Boys film for a while. But when I left, it left me kind of excited to see what they do with the sequel. There's plenty more that they can do with these characters. Um, 
um, uh, and and that's uh, Mike and Marcus. But there's even more to do with these characters that they've introduced in this film. Uh, the, the, they introduce a, a group of uh, this group of uh, this almost like this tactical squad called Ammo, and they're led by Kelly Vanessa Hudgens's character, who um, was a former fling of Will Smith's uh, Mike's character, and now that she's got her own kind of tactical espionage group. And these four characters are very interesting. You've got Alexander Ludwig as Dorn, and he was an interesting character. Um, Paula Nunez as Rita. Charles Melton as Rafe. I mean, these guys, they're interesting, and they bring something to the table in their own way. And, and like, for instance, there's one character, Alexander Ludwig, who plays Dorn, is like this guy who he's the he's the tech savvy guy, but he's huge. I mean, the guy's got to be six five to six eight, uh, two hundred sixty, two hundred seventy pounds. He's a big Russian dude, and the and the cool thing about him is that he doesn't like violence. He abhors violence, and there's and 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 the two characters, especially Mike Lawry, Martin, uh, Will Smith's character, sorry, is always questioning. You know, why isn't this guy out on the field? He's so big, he looks so strong. Why is he the tech guy? And it's funny because even though this is a minor character, you get to find out why this character is a tech guy and why he doesn't want to be out on the field and why he doesn't want to hurt people. So even for small characters like this, you had arcs and they had reasons for doing things. So it was a nice touch. They weren't just these added throwaway characters that you often feel are in these sequel types of movies. And the biggest thing that I can say about this film, yes, it's funny. Yes, it's exciting. Yes, it's fun. But I like how they... Um, added some human elements to my detective characters, to Martin's character and to Will Smith's character. These guys are obviously older, you know, in their 40s and everything like that. And the movie doesn't shy away from this. This isn't a movie where it takes some older stars that we know and is trying to convince you or trying to tell you, hey, look, they're not really in their 40s and they can do everything awesome and just believe it because we said so. This is not that movie. I like how the movie is honest with you. These characters have aged. They have matured more. There are other things on the line that they must consider. Their morality in this is tested in a lot of ways. And what to do about the future or what uh, or what kind of purpose do you have? It, it does things with these characters where these characters actually grow up with each other and you get to see different resolves from the characters and things like that that honestly I just didn't expect to get from this movie and you may be saying well this isn't like the original bad boys one and two I just want to see two hot-headed smart mouth cobs do their thing but this was a good decision, man. These decisions, these decisions to give these characters more humanity gives this film a, a, a sense of freshness. It makes it feel like a new experience. It feels like a new adventure and it feels like a developed adventure from what we've gotten in the past. So honestly, I appreciated all of that. Uh, 
one thing I will say about this movie is that this movie is over two hours long. And I do think just on the negative side of things, this probably could have been shorter. There are a lot of developments that kind of... Uh, the, the, that you wonder if they needed to be there as this film is developing its story. Um, but I will say that most, for the most part, this film works. This film uh, tries to give some emotional beats as well as some action beats and things like that. And it does a good job developing its characters. And it does a good job, most of all, giving you a good time. So again, here's another film in January that if you suspect that this might be a throwaway, you'd be wrong. This is a good movie and honestly, one of the better sequels that has come out in the past few years. So yes, with that being said, I really enjoyed Bad Boys. So I'm going to give Bad Boys on this non-spoiler review, I'm going to give Bad Boys 80 <laughs> um, criminals uh, falling from the top of buildings onto Martin's wife's car. And oh no, she's really going to be pissed off now because, the, my, because my wife's car is destroyed out of 100. So yeah, definitely check out uh, this film. I, I think that this was really good and uh, this is a very uh, respectable sequel. So with that being said, those are the non-spoiler impressions. Now this is spoilers. Warning, warning. We're going to talk about some spoilers in this film. Uh, one of the things that I thought was cool about this movie is that at the beginning, um, Will Smith's character, Mike Laurie, actually gets shot up in this movie and nearly dies. And I mean, man, when Mike Laurie got shot up, it was shocking. I really didn't see it coming. It, it, it kind of dampens the tone of the film and gives it a more serious tone. And this is something that they decided to do right away. So right away, they kind of, these directors kind of, uh, tell you that, hey, this is not your grandmother's bad boys. You know, this is going to be something a little bit different. This is going to be something a little more serious. And we get some great scenes with Marcus, Martin Lawrence, Lawrence's character. And from what I understand, Martin Lawrence is somebody who has said time after time that he is retired from acting. And he came back as a favorite of Will Smith just to do this movie. And man, Martin Lawrence, man, it, it almost makes me wish that Martin had done more stuff because he's excellent in this movie. There are the, the scenes where he's laying with, um, with, by Will Smith at his bedside and he's praying and saying, hey, I'll never commit, you know, I'll never kill another person. I'll never commit violence against anybody again. If you just let my friend live, these scenes have levity and they come off as believable. And Martin really just brings some very human characteristics to his Marcus character. And there are times where he, when he's talking to Will Smith and they have this heart to heart conversation about, and Will is asking him, look, man, I need you to help me get revenge on this guy. I, I, I want to get this guy back for shooting me and I need your help. 
And Martin kind of putting his foot down and saying, no, man, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do this. I saw you. I was by your bedside at that hospital bed, and I'm not going to allow this to happen again. And I made a promise, you know, to God and myself, and I'm not going to do this. All of these scenes are not played for laughs. They're played emotional. And these two actors got to really flex some acting muscles and these scenes come off as genuine and these scenes come off as very effective so these are some of the effective turns that I was happy to see this movie go in there's another great heartfelt conversation that uh, that, that Martin that, that I'm sorry Will Smith has with Joe Pantolino's uh, character the captain as we know him and of course the captain he's always funny in these in these bad boy movies and things like that and he has this heart to heart conversation with Will Smith about you know what what direction are you going where is your life going you know you've you're a hothead cop you've got no family and you nearly died in that deathbed and i get that you're on this mission for revenge but is that all there is to your life is there more to that what direction is your life really going so i enjoyed all of this i enjoyed that this script tried to add some realism and humanity to these characters because whenever they are in dire situations you just feel like uh, everything, it just makes everything more important. It just makes what these characters are doing more relatable and more realistic. And the action set pieces are good to here too. There are a lot of just roaming camera shots and really just still shots where you get to see people punching and throwing each other and different things like that. And you get a sense of where we are with the characters. It doesn't go crazy with jump cuts and really tries to put you uh, in the thick and thin of the action. So I thought that it was great. Uh, other minor characters that were good here. Kate Del Castillo as Isabel and her son, Jacob Scipio, who plays Armand, um, Armand in this movie. I mean, this mother and son duo were very interesting. They, they were mysterious at the beginning. And as you put the pieces together and you find out that actually Isabel was the first woman that Mike Laurie, Will Smith's character, ever fell in love with. And that she was a cartel wife and he fell in love with her while he was undercover tracking the cartel and she's also got these other factors about it that she's a witch and uh and will smith finds out later that and these are spoilers so i'm warning you now that so if you haven't seen the movie this is big um that jacob scipio's character armando is actually will smith's son that he had when him and isabel were together so it just adds these very personal elements to this story. So when we get to the final confrontation and the film has its resolution and and will and, and and you find out all of these things and how it all culminates together and it actually winds up that will of course has to 
arrest his son because his son does go around killing people, almost killed Will Smith and everything like that. And of course, uh, the son character, Armand at the time, he doesn't know that he's Will Smith's son. He doesn't know that. He's just kind of carrying out orders for his mother. And they're trying to get revenge because in the second film, when they went to Cuba and killed the main cartel guy, well, that was the, that, well, this um, is the, the cartel guy's wife and, and his supposed son. So all of this was a motive of revenge until we get to the kind of the end of the film and we get these revelations and we find out that these people are actually family. So this dynamic was interesting and it made for some really uh, fun moments uh, once we get to the final act and all of this stuff. I really appreciate it in this movie. So in the end, uh, this movie was a lot of fun also. And um, this was really just a fun ride um, that, that I really enjoyed. So again, this is another movie, another January movie that came out that I recommend. And it's been several weeks since this movie has come out. And I know that this movie has performed very well at the box office and I can, under, and understandably so. And like I said, uh, the ammo group that we're introduced to, they're not just a group that's in there for five or 10 minutes and then they just aren't in the movie anymore. They actually are helpful. They're pivotal to the plot and they're pivotal to uh, Martin Lawrence and Will Smith solving this crime and uh, completing this mission. So these characters feel useful. They feel needed. They feel earned by the end of the movie when they team up with our characters in the final act. So, uh, and at the by the end of the movie, these people are all friends and they've gone through something on this mission. So now that they're, when all of these characters, and these are younger people, these, and the, these people that are in the ammo group. So of course there's this old school versus new school dynamic that often comes up in the film that makes for some funny moments but ultimately they, they all uh, uh, become good friends and allies and so by the end of the movie when it leaves you kind of with a slight slight cliffhanger ending like there could be more sequels you're excited you're excited to see how this new found friendship works you're excited to learn more about this ammo group and how they work together with our original bad boys so I could see this really being a sequel. And by the end of the film, just to comment on Mike Lawry's son, Armando, or Armand, I'm sorry, uh, he does wind up going to jail and doing his time. But Armand, but Will approaches Armand with an opportunity to maybe uh, make up for or uh, do something with his time. And he has a file folder and it looks like there's going to be this mission that um, that will that that Will Smith, Mike Lawry and his son might get to go on. So 
at the end of the film, it just leaves the open possibility for sequels. And honestly, uh, I didn't walk away going, oh my God, I'm going to have to sit through another one. I walked out kind of excited, like, man, I can't wait to see what they do with this ammo group. I can't wait to see what they do with Mike Laurie's son. I can't wait to see what this dynamic is going to do with the bad boys character. So they may have actually done what they needed to do to really start this series of going in a different direction. And we might be in for another two or three movies of this if they play their cards right. So uh, bravo to this actually being a good sequel. I didn't think it was possible. I I didn't have great first impressions, but I was wrong. This movie was a lot of fun. It has great action scenes. It's hilarious. You're gonna enjoy Martin and Will together, but they add some human elements and some great new characters. So, hey, can't complain at all about this movie. Go see Bad Boys for Life because like the P. Diddy song implies, they ain't going nowhere. So with that being said, that's going to do it for this episode of Solo Slayers, Just Mercy and Bad Boys for Life. Don't forget to give us a like on our Facebook page, Cinema Slayers Podcast. We've got Cinema underscore Slayers for our Instagram. We've got at Cinema Slayers on our Twitter, man. So follow us, man. Chime in. Let us know what you thought of these movies whenever we release the recording. So let me know what you thought. Did you see Just Mercy? Did you see Bad Boys for Life? We want to hear from you. And of course, we're always looking for uh, suggestions pointers, opinions to make our podcast better. So with that being said, guys, this is Justin Taylor signing off for another awesome episode of Cinema Slayers. <laughs>